Welcome to the Eastman Dental Podcast, where we hope to inspire, motivate, and provide education from our guests' experience. This week's guest is Andy Noon. Andy initially uh, trained as a technician, working at Guy's Dental Hospital for 15 years. And he then up sticks, went back into education and retrained as an orthodontic therapist. They, it, it is like a team, you know, no one's just a nurse, no one's just a technician, no one's just like an orthodontist. Like, it's a sort of a team effort um, and everyone sort of appreciates one another's experience. Uh, he now works in multiple specialist practices as well as working in hospital and as well as continuing to utilise his dental technology skills. I'm very lucky to, I love what I do. Whether it be a little bit of dental technology on the side, whether it be orthotherapy, whether it be a little bit of teaching. With your hosts, Josh Hudson and Julia Bruin. So Andy, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. So uh, first of all, kind of going back to the start, what, what first attracted you to a career within dentistry and more specifically dental technology? Um, well, I had my braces as a sort of teenager. Um, I was very blessed with, my mum's an ortho nurse, so I got sort of pushed that way. Um, had my retainer made by someone from Eastman, actually. Okay. Um, and I was sort of enthusiastic thinking, well, who, did, who does this? Who makes this? Um, did my sort of work experience in year 10 um, at a local dental laboratory, which I arranged myself. Thought, yeah, this is quite good. Um, and then I found out about hospital training and then I suppose the rest is like history, sort of 20 odd years on. Um, yeah, did my training at, at Guy's. Um, yeah, sort of four years worth of training, you're th- qualified after three. Um, and then you sort of choose your your niche, which I don't think anybody knows at the end of your sort of three years of training, what you want to do or what you even think you might even potentially be good at. So um, yeah, yeah, it was having my own braces first, I suppose. So now that we've sort of got that background on you that that's quite interesting i'm i'm now trying to explore your early days in your career so can you perhaps use three words that would describe those early years in your career competitive definitely between the uh, other technicians you don't think it's going to be like that but it was it's like who's going to be the best um but obviously someone has a little niche in what they're good at um good fun exciting um and yeah, I suppose ambitious. A was it bit as everything well. you expected it to be? Oh, not at all. Like I said, it was very difficult after the three years to think, what am I going to do? And I suppose with me, I remember one of my lecturers sort of in the third year saying, oh, you're pretty good at orthodontics. You know, I think you'd be good at this. Um, and then I suppose you remember those silly little things. And then I suppose that's when the orthodontic part sort of came from. Um, I had another year's worth of my training um, at Guy's once qualifying. Had, actually had a broken hand at the time and a job came up and I thought, you know what, in ortho, I'll go for the interviews. It can only be good practice. Um, went for the interview, I got the job. Um, yeah, this, this happens all the time, doesn't yeah, it? It's those yeah. chance sliding door moments, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose it's someone told me once that, you know, you should go for an interview and sort of, always feel confident that you're going to get that job or that role. So I thought, oh, you know, I've got nothing to lose. I went in there maybe too comfortable. Um, <laughs> and yeah, maybe I outshone sort of the current fourth years, which was unfortunate to, for them, but yeah, very fortunate for me. And I've got to work with, yeah, some of the best people 
the people that wrote the book. And right. so I've got some very good friends as well. So, yeah. Well, we're nothing without our patients, our colleagues and, you know, exactly. our friends really. It's all about the team. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a few things there that I think was quite interesting. First of all, competitive. I don't think I was expecting that as one of the three words. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that element? So when we were training, it was four of us. Um, three out of the four of us had done some kind of experience. Two of the boys had worked in, in different labs, like private commercial labs. So they were actually pretty good at prosthetics, pretty good at a little bits of Crown and Bridge, which sort of us other two, you know, we weren't. So they always looked really good. <laughs> You know, I think one had already started the, like the the external college course at college. So I almost knew the people there. So it was a little bit established. Um, and yeah, to try and keep up with these guys that had maybe been doing it for like a year, even if just one year, it's, it's a lot more experience than what you've necessarily got. So yeah, you wanted to try and drive yourself to, to, to make that slightly better special trail or something, yeah. you know, as you're training, because you'd have to go show your sort of your lead the next step so yeah it was um i felt like it's a little bit competitive we probably look at it now and probably laugh because <laughs> one does crown a bridge one's prosthetics and yeah and i do a bit of ortho Everyone's so got their niche. maybe that's why we diverted okay. and did our own different things so there was no competition in the end yeah so that's that's quite interesting as well so how does in terms of your training at the end of your training do people generally kind of go down into one of those niches of orthodontics or like say crown and bridge removable how so does that's that work? what that's what that fourth year is for so you do about sort of three four months within each unit and then i suppose then you try and decide on what you're going to go for or i suppose what sort of job you're going to go for obviously having a hospital training i think the training is really really good but you might not necessarily have the speed that you might have if you're in a commercial laboratory um i actually really loved crown and bridge i still like you know i still don't dislike crown and bridge um the, th the thing about orthodontics that I liked is this it's just quite clean cut as far as making appliances. It's just a little bit of wire bending, um, acrylic work, and it's quite quick turnaround. So, um, but yeah, I don't think anybody, you know, do any of us know what we want to do it when we qualify? It's, yeah. it's an open book, isn't it? Still, still is an open book, you know. Exactly. And I think, like you mentioned, it's those little pushes in certain directions by people or, or circumstances that end up. Get driving your direction yeah. yeah i agree agree so i'm then gonna bring on that really key turning point for you i think that there is always a little moment isn't there that makes you decide which path you're going to go down and you obviously had a turning point in your life 15 years into your career you decided to do something completely i say completely and utterly different but you did something quite brave. So what made you to go, wanted you to go to that other side of the patient care and then your subsequent training, obviously? Yeah, I suppose I wanted to just develop. I wanted that, that opportunity to spend more time with, with actually more patient contact, you know, have my own patients, for example, um, and just develop more, um, you know, even as a person, you know, a lot of people say technicians can be a little bit strange, um, a bit recluse. They can sort say of thing. that same for hygienists yeah, and well, dentists. It, it, it's all right. You've, this is the know, great thing about this job. Hosts. Everybody's a little bit strange. <laughs> yeah, we find out a few things about ourselves, I think. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's just that fact of I just wanted that little bit more. It wasn't the fact of I and didn't I'm assuming dislike what you I, don't regret it for one second. Not at all. I, I, I'm very lucky that 
I love what I do. Whether it be a little bit of dental technology on the side, whether it be orthotherapy, whether it be a little bit of teaching. So talking about kind of going down those different pathways, my personal pathways, nothing to do with orthodontics. So it might be a uh, a bit of naive for me to ask, but can you tell us a little bit more about what an orthodontic therapist actually does? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? So you basically work under a specialist orthodontist or you know, a dentist with specialist interests. Obviously anyone can do sort of orthodontics, um, like dent- that dentally qualified. Like um, I will take anything from impressions, records to fitting braces, fitting appliances, removing braces, um yeah sort of making retainers so anything that that sort of the orthodontist you know take x-rays um yeah anything that the orthodontist sort of wants you sort of like the orthodontist sort of right hand i'm gonna say woman and man because obviously there's not that many guys that do what i do i'm a bit Mm -hmm. of a maybe one of 20 i think give or take yeah it's about 400 i think plus orthotherapists and but presumably well, a number that's growing. You know, oh, of course, I mean, yeah, I can't keep a, up. It's been a few years since I've sort of graduated. For, for um, a relatively new role within dentistry, it has come on leaps, huge, and, yeah, leaps huge, and bounds. Yeah. And um, that's yeah. that's very exciting. Yeah, so it's, yeah, you're sort of working on the orth- orthodontist, um, just sort of providing support. Um, yeah. So you've sort of talked about your everyday um, work in working underneath um, a specialist orthodontist. But I think you sort of touched on earlier the fact that you try and combine a little bit of your orthodontic technology with your clinical work. So perhaps talk us through a sort of average day where you might do those sorts of tasks. So say for example, we see see a patient, um, they need a functional appliance, which is uh, an appliance sort of to bring your lower jaw forwards, sort of skeletal changes and in the mouth sort of changes to avoid possible maybe surgery when they're sort of a lot older. Really good uh, appliance called the Twin Block, which I've sometimes I'll probably make maybe a couple a week. Uh, it's one of my things that I really, really like. And obviously I know everything about that. Okay, so some I know how to do the bites. I know what works. So the, the specialist tends to be, oh, you do that because that's like your niche, you know, what's the point of me doing that yeah. when you know where the bite needs to be because that's the sort of thing that I've been doing um, quite a long time. Um, another strange thing that, say I'm fitting some little bands, so sometimes we might put a little ring over the top of like the molars, okay, what well, could be any teeth, um, to have an appliance fitted or anything else like that. I can usually guess the size of the band within one or two sort of fittings. And I don't know whether that's because of the dental technology of two sides are just a recognition it's really really strange um but yeah it's just it's just something that you just i suppose i take for granted because i've just done it for so i i'm i'm listening to all of this thinking you must be the most amazing asset to any specialist orthodontic practice they're probably clambering at wanting you and wanting you in the dental hospital because of your niche as you say you've got two roles here that you are continuing to use that must be very exciting. It is nice, and I think and great for your patients. Let's be honest; yeah, it's yeah, really good. You know, let's forget yeah. about it being good for you. But actually, you're you're providing the most amazing service. Yeah, I had a good example the other week in in practice. A patient came in just for the possibility of just looking at having braces, and there actually a, there was definitely a hospital case. Obviously, working in that hospital um, situation, um, 
there's a huge waiting list in that particular area for having sort of orthodontics. And then the specialist sort of came in after I'd spoke to him because I thought it might be a good opportunity just for him to come in. Um, and then he was just like, no, I totally agree with what Andy said. He obviously, it's not me doing the treatment plan. It's not my treatment plan. He goes, but he probably has just saved you sort of maybe two years of being on a waiting list where we could then maybe give you a referral to the hospital or you could basically do this, 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 which is the treatment which we would do at a hospital, yeah. close the spaces and that's it. We sort of camouflage it, um, which is really nice because, it, and most of the places that I work in, they, it, it is like a team, you know, no one's just a nurse, no one's just a technician, no one's just like an orthodontist. Like it's a sort of a team effort um, and everyone sort of appreciates one another's experience yeah, yeah. Um, it's that whole thing of coming back yeah like my to professor the best, to, to yeah, last friday environment, isn't it? he called me over he was like andy you know this twin block's not fitting can we adjust it a little bit and i suppose it's always hard with a little bit of scope of practice you know um we all have this sort of role to follow but obviously being a specialist ortho tech i have that ability of being able to adjust on the plants which as an ortho therapist not really allowed to do because you're activating it so it's a bit of a gray area which is always sometimes a little bit difficult, but if you've got someone with, say, a lot of experience in a particular field, then you'll go down that role, you'll go down that road of, you know, doing the best for the patient, because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to achieve, isn't it? Exactly, utilizing those skills if they're there. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah, you know, or I think we had a, a, an appliance that didn't fit like three times, and it was out from a commercial laboratory. You know, I, I just said, you know, I'm just gonna take it home and make it. It's like an hour out my like my life. That, all right, I won't get back, but at the end of the day, patient came in, fitted perfect the first time. It was just like, that's what we want. So yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, it's, it, well, fortunately it's, it's nice to be able to use those skills. Um, yeah, I'd never, I'd never not want to stop doing one or the other. I think that was a difficult sort of thing that I had to choose when I qualified as an orthotherapist. They were like, well, what do you want to do? Cause I did 50, 50 while I did my training. So, um, obviously you're going to go to the the new step so I chose orthotherapy but I still like that little bit of technology on the side do you think you'll always keep that you'll always oh 100 percent 100 percent um I think everything it's like all goes full cycle doesn't it it's like trends and fashion isn't it um I'm sort of currently looking at the moment of possibly setting up a laboratory with a specialist say wearing flares for a moment <laughs> yeah well that's why I, i'm a bit but you should never throw anything out should you uh, especially when I've, I've i mean just hit my 40s so yeah you know you never know what's going to come back uh i'm not going to grow anymore i don't think maybe a bit wider um possibly um but yeah sort of going full cycle they've got the possibility of maybe potentially setting up a laboratory with a really good friend and not the specialist that i mainly work for during the week and open sort of a a digital lab possibility so yeah i'm i'm never gonna stop having that sort of that passion for both you know i think they might even want me to do maybe a little bit full-time technology which i oh, i don't know if i could do that because <laughs> of the patient contacts you know i think they might be a bit upset um so it seems like there's a huge uh benefit from your previous career into your new career and 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 like we've already talked about that's been really beneficial for the patients but is there anything that you wish that you'd known before making that jump, before deciding to do orthodontic therapy? Is there anything that if somebody else was going to do that, that you'd give them advice on or that you wish that you would have known? Well, yeah, the first couple of days after doing starting the orthotherapy course, I thought, what have I done? What have <laughs> I done? Why did I do this to myself after such a long time of wanting to get on the course? Because it was hard. Because um, you were comfortable, I suppose, and you were 
experienced in the job that you were doing. It was institutionalized, isn't it? We're, yeah. We get stuck in a uh, something that we love, and you think, oh, should I should I leave? Um, obviously, most of, like most people that do orthodontic therapy, they've already done the orthodontic nurses qualification, um, and that is a really hard course in itself. So, any nurses, yeah, I definitely recommend doing that. Um, you could just be a graduate out of school, just like you could do when you're with um, hygiene. Um, but yeah, sort of maybe do some pre-reading because obviously coming from that technical side to a little bit more anatomy, you know, sort of 15 years on was just like, get the books out. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I started at the, the lower end of the class and it was it was a little bit, yeah, it put me sort of, put me to the test and then you know, I'd like to think that when we got we got to the end, I think when we did our sort of our some of our exams, I got was almost like second from the top. From the top, she was she's a qualified dentist from Bangladesh, so you know she she knew her stuff. So yeah, yeah it, it drives you, doesn't you, to, to to do better for yourself. Um, yeah, I, lots of reading. Um, I think in general, just enjoy it, you know, because life goes by fast. And that course goes by very fast as well. Before you know it, you're sitting those Royal College exams and the nerves are there and, you know, everyone's just human, aren't they? So just yeah. Yeah. enjoy it. But yeah, maybe read. <laughs> Do read a lot of reading prepare beforehand. Yourself. Prepare yourself for it because I thought I was prepared, but maybe not as prepared as I should have been. But Be motivated. Be motivated exactly, to, yeah. To, to be motivated. To, yeah, I was very lucky because I... I um I had my son sort of the Christmas just after I started in the summer I started the course and then um, Joshua was born in uh, December and you know I had a newborn baby we were doing my midterms and I was sort of doing three o'clock reading in the morning feeding him <laughs> and then reading at the same time um so he was one of my he was my main passion for just like to do better I, I didn't have the ability to to fail I had to pass because you know I had a family to support so I was like very lucky in that, um, which yeah, I think most people will find something. It's not just for themselves; it's for it's that next chapter in your life, isn't it? Do you um, know, I mean, I we have a number of students here who have families, and and I have to tell you, in my experience of being here, the people who have got families tend to bring something definitely unique to their group but also to their patients because I think it's called life experience I'm not disputing that our young bright young things straight from school aren't entirely able to to manage the course but I think those people like yourself who've got that little something else going on in their life is a great motivator so um thank you for sharing that in dental therapy at the moment, this is this is quite a hot topic in the sense of with the NHS provision for patient care, that they're realizing that there's this wonderful opportunity of very well qualified people being able to provide uh, treatment for patients. So do you see orthodontic therapists going down that role and perhaps expanding their role um, within specialist practice, hospital setting? Definitely, yeah, I don't see why not, there's so many People unfortunately not doing NHS dentistry. This definitely seems to be, oh, well, it's not dying out, but there's so many areas where in community, you know, because you're servicing a community, especially if you're doing the NHS. So this is why it's, it's nice because, you know, 
you walk around a local town center you might bump into a few people you know but there's definitely yeah why not have those skilled people providing that care if they're there to do it um yeah i do i, I think definitely you, you hopefully our role can provide more help um and again it's it's what i think it's a lot of it's down to trust you know as a therapist sort of every other visit you should be sort of calling in the orthodontist you know most of the time the orthodontist comes in with me he's like so what are we doing today andy you know um yeah. and i was like i was thinking this is this you know um and usually they agree it's very yes. rare that it's definite because it, it i'm very lucky because there's a really good respect for one another whereas in maybe that someone's not as has had that little bit extra longer experience they're, they're a little bit more nervous and they'll be like oh yeah pull the orthodontist in i think that's time. an interesting point that you make about respect because i truly feel as a hygienist who's relatively established in her career at the moment having you know been qualified for over 30 years that i i have a different level with my colleagues now than i did 30 years ago people are much more valued in our profession so i'm really energized by hearing that you feel as though orthodontic therapists are um championing that side of their treatment um provision well, I, to patients the, the royal college um do like a, a specialist wire bending course which i've done which one i don't think any therapist has probably ever done before and i doubt a technician's done before and obviously it was run by like the people that wrote the book and some of some of people that I really really respect in orthodontics like the professors like the dean of like sort of the royal college and they would laugh in front of all these other people like oh you know and I was doing the wire bending and I was without sounding big-headed one of the better ones in the class um and then even doing that obviously I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to do wire bending but in the hospital situation I would con I would be getting asked all the time well you do that and then you show me we'll look at it and then we put it in and they utilize that skill set, which I think is great. Yeah. And I think if you've got that satisfactory sort of supervision, you know, I'm not being left on my own to just, oh, you go do what you want, because that's not the way we're talking about it. We're talking about in the fact of, if you've got that that niche or that skill set, then yeah, I think you should use it uh, totally, you know, within that scope of practice, which like I said, it's gray area and you want, uh, it's a bit vague um, because it's it's an open book. So what in dentistry, in the dental industry, do you think everybody should either start or stop doing? What should they start doing? Um, or stop. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you, you, you can... We'll never stop caring. I think we always have to, I think if you don't, maybe, I think there's quite a lot of dentists out there that don't really enjoy what they do and they should do. Um, do you think it's the same for all dental people? We, you just mentioned dentists, but actually, do you think it would be the same for orthodontic therapists? Yeah, because be maybe you've just been doing it a long time and just, I don't know, just need to have that little bit of variety, I think. Um, yeah, don't stop caring. Um, and yeah, just stay passionate about what you're doing. You know, I always, I, would, I always believe that the first time you meet that patient, it's all about your rapport. You know, you want that patient to feel comfortable because most people are scared stiff of walking into that dental yeah. surgery, no matter mm -hmm. what you're doing, whether you're just going to take some photos or you're going to do a fill-in or wh whatever. Yeah. Um, and I always think, and I, to this day, I still think about how I felt the first time I met that patient. You know, um, I was scared stiff within in, internal, but you can't show that to the patient. Yeah, yeah. You can't let them know that you, you, you know, you're not 100% 
like sure on it you're doing the right thing <laughs> yeah um we've been there but as long as that you you make that patient feel comfortable uh, you know you know it's matter. one of it's those funny things when when i when we're talking like this it sort of reminds me of something that i say to the students here at eastman all of the time you know treat those patients how you'd like to be treated we're only human. and if you we're do human, that yeah. you'll have a very long and very happy career and you'll have some good patients that you'll grow old with so um I say that to the patients of like, you know, I'm an orthotherapist, you know, it's not my treatment plan. I'm here to provide that care for you. And it's not, I always think that honesty is, is super important. And maybe sometimes I might be a little bit too honest with a patient, but I like them to, to, to feel comfortable because of the fact of I'm just as human as them, just because I'm going to put my hands in their mouth, I'm going to put their braces or take their braces off, wherever I've met them for the first time or I've done most of their treatment, you know, I'm just the same as you. Um, and yeah, and enjoy it, you know. So uh, you mentioned about people being motivated and passionate and, and kind of following on from that. What advice would you give to a colleague who maybe like you was thinking about changing direction or doing something different because maybe they've lost that motivation or that passion? So what advice would you give to someone who's in a bit of a, a work rut? I'd just say go for it. You've got nothing to lose because you can always go back to, to doing whatever it is you were doing. Um, yeah, it is scary at first. Um, but yeah like I said you've got nothing to lose um, yeah if you're passionate and you enjoy the still the part of dentistry and you want to go whatever sort of sort of way about it yeah just go for it try and do whatever courses you can do to to support that pathway um, and just go guns blazing that'd be my only advice yeah you've got nothing to lose I think it's a really interesting point that you make as well that by being professionals, like you say, we've you've always got that to fall back on. If you'd gone along that route and it hadn't worked out, you still had a huge amount of experience as a orthodontic dental technician. Or if you're a, a hygienist that decides you want to set up your own business, you can always go back to being a hygienist. That's the benefit of being in a profession, which, yeah, I think people probably should bear in mind if they're thinking about maybe. Well, it's it's never going to die out, is it? We're very lucky that everyone's got teeth. And it's just going to be... Yeah. So we were talking earlier about your three words that would describe your early career in dentistry. And those were um, very interesting three words. So what would be your three words that would describe your career fast forward 20 years? It still probably is competitive because um, I'm quite a competitive person. I want to be the best at what, what I do. Um, but yeah, I suppose now it's just, I'm, I'm comfortable um, and I'm still passionate. So it's pretty simple um, for me now. Cause I, yeah, like I said before, it's, I, I enjoy what I do. I haven't really got a, a worry because there's like, a, to the question I just answered, there's, there's, there's always a job, there's another job and there's always someone offering you a job as well. Um, yeah, but you are you and that, that's yeah. what makes people, you know, I always think that people don't know when they go and see a dentist or a hygienist or an orthodontic therapist or a, um, a therapist, they, they don't know what sort of clinician you are. They have no idea. All they know is that the waiting room was nice, didn't cause any pain. I could get an appointment quite quickly. So, you know, I, I think you are unique and I, I, I can recognize your passion there. A little bit like Josh was saying, how are we going to get people 
energized out there who are thinking, who are listening to this podcast, who are thinking, what can I be inspired to do? What can I be motivated to do? Um, share those passions with us. How do you keep your passion going? See, I'm very lucky that I just, I thrive off the patient. Um, you know, um, you know, I love putting braces on people. I love that first meet, you know, I love seeing that little nervous child walk in and thinking I'm going to spin this around, you know, I'm going to change the fact of everyone's scared of going to the dentist because, and I joke, I say to the patient, you know, we're not like normal dentists, you know, we're, we're just doing orthodontics. It's just some braces on your teeth, you know, it's not like lots of drilling and things like that. So you can keep it sort of plain. And then from the outset, it just makes it quite smooth. So we've talked about those early stages, the transitions throughout your career. We've talked about the three words that you describe kind of where you're at now. But what do things look like going forward? I know you mentioned possibility of maybe being involved in setting up this lab. What, what, what are your kind of aspirations going forward? Or do you think, do you know what? I'm quite happy with, with the point that I'm at and I just want to make the most of the, the position that I'm in. It's a really good question. Um, so funny enough, our, one of the dentists that I work with, he was telling me about a course for dental care professionals, which they can do what for, I think it's four years worth of training to basically train to be a GDP. Um, which is something I was quite enthusiastic, I was quite interested about actually I asked him last week, I was like, did you find any information about that? And there was a, a, a guy that trained as a nurse, who'd moved forwards, done the extra courses and basically is on that course. I think it's Aberdeen and, and King's College that do that. Um, never say never. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably, I like the variety of sort of working maybe one day in the hospital. I like the private practice, I like the NHS practice. Um, I probably prefer the NHS a little bit more than private because you can be a little bit more straightforward with the patient. Whereas in, when someone's paying, you've always got to be that, that you've got to be that little bit nicer, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know, I can't be any much more, more I nice can't than believe I am, that's <laughs> difficult for you. I can't um, believe that's difficult But um, Yeah, and I say that to the NHS patients. I was like, I don't care if patient, someone's paying X amount for their private dentist uh, orthodontics, then they are that you're getting the same amount of care, the same thing. We're not going to do anything different. So, yeah. Um, yes, there is the possibility of maybe doing this little bit of a lab. I hope that doesn't. that's not something that they maybe want me potentially full-time. Um, so... Yeah, I, it hasn't gone full cycle to maybe necessarily just go back into dental technology because I, I wouldn't like to do that full time because I would miss the patients. And I would feel a little bit like I'm letting down the ones that are already in treatment and to try and finish everybody, uh, to, that'd be impossible. Yeah, you know, I'll probably see what 150 plus people a week. And there's long treatment um, plans as well. It's not like wow, it's that's over, a lot of patients, 150 patients a week. Yeah, Wow. Um, but yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Monday to Wednesday is like busy guy. NHS and then it sort of dies down as the week gets closer to the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an open book, isn't it? What's the next chapter? Did I expect to be invited to be doing a podcast <laughs> um, on my extraordinary career path? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, we never know what the next step is, but... Well, we're super pleased to book, have you the book, here. The book's open, yeah. Lots of options. Might come back again and let you know if I'm doing dentistry in a few years' time. We'll yeah. see. I'm still young enough to maybe do it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, go for it. Again. But maybe then then that makes the difference of I could do my own treatment plans, I suppose. But I don't know. We've had a like student who's done um, yeah. dental hygiene here and then gone on to I've got um, a good friend who's a, a technician. She trained. She did max works and stuff. And then she went to be a GDP and 
they say that some of the best, no offense to GDPs, but some of the best dentists have been dental technicians previously. So one of the guys again, it's I just having the eye, I suppose. Yeah, it's just a, a mixed was, bag. Yeah, you, you can never have enough experience, can you? In, in whatever you do. Um, so yeah, we'll get you back on when you're a consultant orthodontist. Then I'll be retired by then. <laughs> Hopefully, no, no. Hopefully, got years left in you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose that's the nice thing about doing a dental technology. I suppose many orthodontists used to say that I was like the man with a golden eye, you know, like bracket positions and stuff like that. But I suppose if if like my eyes start deteriorating, I suppose I could get some loops. Um, <laughs> but they say if you start using loops, you don't stop. So I'm going to just try and veer away from that for the moment. Um, but then I suppose I, I, my hands aren't going to give up on me. So I could maybe do a bit of dental technology closer to the end. We'll see. Um, to wean myself out of orthodontics. Well, thank you so much for Our joining pleasure. us and yeah, for sharing very, all very of much. your experiences. And I'm sure that's been really beneficial and useful for everybody that's listening. Yeah, I think it's great to champion this relatively new um, profession that the GDC have established. Thank yeah, you very, very much. It's constantly changing as well. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. We would love to hear your suggestions for future guests. Remember to follow us on social media using hashtag the Eastman Dental Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe and listen out for future episodes. Mm-hmm.